TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Matt, today we have a special episode. I mean, last week was special because we uh, it was our hundredth episode, and we discussed uh, uh, all hail West Texas. Indeed. But today, you know, we've been for 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 m- many months now, been searching for you know authenticity for something re- right. Yeah, uh, in, in in our popular music, and and you go, of course, when you want authenticity, you go to indie music, and so today I'm happy to report that we have found the most authentic album that we will ever discuss. That's that's true. I mean, you know, I I see the joke you're setting up, but like I think there's a lot of truth in what we're no, about to say. No, exactly, and and so uh, and I'll, I'll I'll have my moment, and then we'll then deflate that uh, <laughs> with an hour plus of really intense uh, discussion <laughs> of this uh, this work of art, right? Uh, which is today we are discussing. Uh, the album "Going to Hell" by a little band called The Pretty Reckless. The, wait, wait, wait! Is it is it just a pretty reckless? It's it's the pretty reckless. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is the pretty reckless uh, on on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Not 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 one of the many pretty recklesses in your in your suburban hometown. This is the uh, authentic um, pretty reckless, and this is the band uh, for those of you who don't follow them um, that really does fall at another. You know, if um, if if the Mountain Goats All Hell West Texas is one album that felt that falls squarely inside, you know, the Venn diagram of the overlap of all the things that TFT is about this for better or worse uh, is the other album right there. Uh, because this is the band that is uh, fronted uh, by Taylor Momsen uh, who you know uh, almost undoubtedly uh, if you've been with us since the uh, Gossip Girl days uh, as uh, the actress who played Jenny Humphrey on uh, on Gossip Girl Little uh, J um, and, and, so- and, the, and the girl I mean she was the occasion for us to say you know, girls going wild. It is their telos. You know? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, so she's really kind of TFT muse, uh, Taylor Momsen. <laughs> um, and so, you know, last week uh, after we we finished recording uh, the episode, we we you know we noted that uh, we'd be because we record and release on uh, Tuesdays that we would be recording and releasing on uh, April Fool's Day. And so we we had uh, we we're trying to figure out what would be an appropriate. Um, an, an appropriate April Fool's Day uh, joke slash gift for our for our listeners, and and we we landed on this uh, pretty reckless album that had been on our agenda uh, since it was released um, about about three three four weeks ago. Uh, it was really released on uh, on March twelfth uh, of this year, um, and you know we and, you know, I, we the joke is that you know this is a album. You know, it's a major label, um, I believe a major label release, but I actually, um, it may be like a minor subsidiary of a more major label, um, but also is a, um, a relatively popular album. Um, it, it's sitting currently uh, at number one. Um, I believe the uh, the the single uh, lead single going to 
I believe it's going to hell, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, one of the one of the singles is um, it's either going to hell or heaven knows is on the Billboard um, uh, rock one of the Billboard rock songs. Sure, I also uh, think it's doing really well internationally, so that it's like a, there's a whole global audience that uh, you know it's, it's maybe like a number one rock album in Japan or in Europe well, or something like that. Was, but it is also the number one um, hard rock album. Um, in the uh, in 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 the U.S., I think it's like it's on the hot songs uh, list on, on Billboard. We'll put that in the uh, in the show notes. Um, so this is a album that on the on the one hand uh, diverges both from the you know the first quarter of uh, of our um, musical season of, of TFT uh, in that it's it's you know not by most of our. Um, our metrics or, or or tools for classifying something as indie uh, does not really fall within that net. Uh, although I think that w- uh, we, through listening to and discussing that, we may land somewhere else. Um, and then uh, and then through mo and then also compared to the classics of of pop music that we've been going through for the last um, eight or nine weeks, uh, it uh, it is. Uh, it's also, um, you know, a something set apart, and it's just, you know, I think also because, you know, we and many people kind of who watch Gossip Girl kind of laughed a little bit uh, when Taylor Momsen left Gossip Girl um, sometime in season four, if I'm not mistaken, to focus on her music, right? And this is not that she had been a musician um, and then became a uh, actor and then was going back to to um, the 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 initial art form. Um, but she, you know, she was a uh, it was a child actor, a child star uh, was in the um, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie, um, among other things. I had been doing, I think, commercial acting since a very very young age and modeling. Um, and so, and I think in the course of doing that, had sung the way a lot of. <laughs> You know the way a lot of act, young actors will sing because it's kind of part of the the part part of the deal at that. Sure, age. sure, sure. But she wasn't, uh, you know, little Stevie Wonder, sure, right? Sure. Um, a, a, as a, a you know, a child. yeah, or even like little Selena Gomez or little Miley, right, Cyrus. or little Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Um, although she actually um, auditioned for the. Uh, 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 you know, in my in my um, Wikipedia um, uh, oral exam, you know, in my my kind of preparing my qualifying exams in Taylor Momsen, uh, uh, as I prepared for this episode, I uh, learned that she uh, auditioned for the uh, the role of uh, of Hannah Montana, um, but did not get it. Um, so yeah, so I think that there's a lot of uh, reasons why this is on the one hand a fun April Fool's Day joke, uh, in part of forcing ourselves to listen to this album and take it seriously, uh, encouraging you to now, uh, if you haven't already, uh, pause the, uh, the you know pause the podcast, uh, uh, launch to, yeah launch Spotify and go right launch to Spotify, it. get on those waffles, go to your local record store, buy <laughs> the vinyl, um, and uh, and give a, give a listen to pretty reckless is going to hell. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and jump in, Matt. Um, so, you know, this, this band, <laughs> yeah, with, with it's, uh, you know, naked 20 something on the cover with a cross arrow on her back pointing down, uh-huh. down, down. <laughs> um, are, are they for real? Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of parts to that question. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I mean, are they for we- for real? You know, um, 
they are a band, and I think they do play music. No, here's here's how I approach this question because uh, you know uh, we've come to expect it of one another. Um, I think if you were to ask Taylor Momsen, her answer would be yes, absolutely, undoubtedly. No, I, no, I am. I am for ask real. Taylor Momsen in a like. In, in in an interview or to ask Taylor Moms or if like Jack Bauer were to ask Taylor Moms, <laughs> like under extreme duress uh and you know in a you know a is is the pretty reckless for real is the pretty reckless for real <laughs> right yeah with a with a blowtorch and a pair of pliers yeah. um i don't know well sure i don't know i mean the under torture really you're going to say whatever you know whatever the hipsters sure. want you to would say she, would you pass a polygraph test <laughs> Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I think that it is what it is, is it's extremely earnest, right? Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a lot of, uh, there isn't a lot of irony. There isn't a lot of sort of distance or, or sort of alienation, aesthetic alienation. I mean, there's a, there's a sort of pose of, of a lot of alienation or like, uh, uh, you know, the, the songs are about, um, about sort of being alienated or sort of rebelling against a, uh, a, the strictures of a, a power structure that is sort of oppressive, but um, but there isn't any of the the sort of comfortable ironic distance that we you know as good post hipsters are are sort of conditioned to to expect, right? So well, I think that I mean I guess that I think that part of why um, we want one looks for kind of some amount of ironic distance in this music in particular is that they're playing you know especially on this album the pretty reckless is playing um, is playing hard rock and hard rock that even veers into you know it's, it's it's around a cycle of things um, it, you know in the area of hard rock kind of the lightest edge of heavy metal or kind of earliest heavy metal, right? Very riff oriented, um, you know, metal that was, that was kind of in the areas of, of glam, uh, or hair metal or the kind of antecedents of that in the late seventies and early eighties. Um, and, uh, and, and, and has, uh, elements of the vernacular of also kind of late nineties, post grunge or or new metal right so and it's and so it is and i think that when you see bands right so that there are two types of bands that are in a kind of hard rock space um and you see this um I mean, there's, maybe there's a few others. Maybe there's more than two. But I mean, just kind of skimming through the hard rock albums chart, right? One is you have bands that are firmly in a a scene and a, a sub genre or sub sub genre, um, you know, associated with um, with some kind of this hard music. And, this, and then there, there are like these closed scenes. And, you know, as I've talked about on this podcast a bit, you know, I follow relatively casually some elements of punk music and, and hardcore music. And there, these are pretty closed scenes of record labels and blogs and zines and, you know, the whole infrastructures and, and, and kind of libraries of norms um, 
around these these bands and you know we encountered this a little bit uh on tft when we were doing our total request taped uh and talked about um protest the hero yeah actually stick a pin and protest the hero because i want to talk i want to talk yeah, about them in a little definitely, bit definitely definitely um and so the you know so one type of band that you ha- that you hear playing this kind of hard rock is a band that's in that scene and 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 sometimes bands like this cross over to the indie mainstream uh or to the mainstream mainstream right bands that, that you know that the occasional coverage of um i mean the pitchfork reviews and covers kind of metal albums uh, across the you know the metal spectrum pretty regularly um and occasionally one of these kind of bubbles up to you know being a pitchfork best new music or being a thing that is of the moment um and then and then you know conversely the other way that you kind of get this in the in the pitchfork sphere in the kind of indie mainstream area that we're straddling is you have um, you, you have an artist that is kind of socially or culturally or or artistically in the indie space um, appropriating some of the genre markers of hard of one of these kind of hard rock um, uh, subgenres um, and uh, and and doing this with this somewhat of an ironic distance, and I mean these and that level of ironic distance, um, you know, can range from you know a something like the darkness or you know Eagles of Death Metal or Death from Above 1979, um, who all are actually pretty different. In, in, in but with all of these bands, you actually have there's often is. A, and I think there are other bands like Steel Panther. I mean, there's definitely always questions about when there's like bands that are doing pretty, you know, what sounds like down the middle, you know, late seventies, early eighties um, hard rock. There's like there are, are these questions of are these guys? The question of, are these guys for real is really means are these guys joking? Is this a joke? And and the, there's something comforting about being able to interpret it as a joke. Um, or there it's like clear that it's a joke or clear that it's a sign of, you know, you know, you know, post, 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 post hipster detachment that is ever there's, there, there's an act of bricolage and, you know, and it's an, and, and that there's, you know, the metal is fusing with, you know, or the hard music is, is, is fusing with some other kind of, you know, um, really, you know, Tumblr core, uh, uh, aesthetic. And I think that, you know, again, looking at, um, the, the hard rock charts, I mean, you have, um, you know, so you have, the pretty reckless at the top of the hard rock charts, and there's like a bunch of bands that whose names I do not recognize. Um, and then at the bottom of the top ten of the uh, hard rock ch- charts, if member, memory serves correctly, or if uh, yeah, it's not updated by the time we at least by the bottom of that is Nickelback, right? Um, and then right in the middle is a band called uh, Perfect Pussy uh, that we'll talk about probably a few weeks down the road because I think we're going to be um, we'll maybe talk about this in the closing, but we're probably going to be pivoting back for another quarter uh, of discussing. Um, Contemporary uh, indie music and per- Perfect Pussy is a noise uh, punk band from Syracuse, New York, that is um, very strong in the in the pitchfork sphere. Um, and I was actually very uh, interested to, uh, I was very surprised um, to see them in this uh, in this chart. So, sort um, of a, I mean, sort of a what a slightly harder core chastity belt. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's right. And and it actually almost if if you're too if you're too uh, intense for a chassis belt, you need to have you need you need to get your perfect pussy. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, it's, yeah it's the jokes. The jokes just write themselves. No, but it's it, we'll we'll talk about it when we talk about the band. I think that's a good. I mean, ultimately, I think that's that's accurate. But let's let's put a like a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. Let's put a let's put a um let's let's like tape that to the um to the to, to the to the cork board or something like that uh to the uh, to the wall. Um, and so I think that I mean, this long kind of digression is I think important because I, I think that these this this presence or absence of I you know so this is a band that comes as a hard rock record that feels unmoored from both of those possible anchors right right both both of those discursive anchors like it's neither really in a in a bubbling from the subculture uh and it's not it's not bubbling from the hard hard music subculture nor from the indie subculture but rather it's just kind of floating down from above right floating from um the the you know from from the world of of celebrity and and just uh, to, to kind of pin at least how to think about um you know the the another dimension of the indiness so the record is actually um released on an album called Razor and Tie. Um, and Razor and Tie is a record label that's not a huge record label, um, but it has a distribution deal with Sony Music uh, Entertainment. Um, but it's m- most known for the Kids Bop compilations huh. uh, and other uh, – early in its existence um, – uh, 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 focused on greatest hits, and so th- there's there's a lot of kind of it's hard, you know on the one hand, and actually has um, interestingly, <laughs> uh, even though there's a pin in it, um, protest the hero is actually on razor and tie, um, as are um, a number of. Um, of of hardcore bands that have crossed over to medium like popular um awareness um like Norma Jean um and uh a number of kind of emo bands um like Saves the Day um are now on on their um and so it's a kind of an interesting label that it's you know started as this very um, you know, not even a pop label, but a just, uh, you know, a commercial, um, you know, a, a commercial almost sluice for, you know, a, a tube for pushing out uh, Kids Bop. And now it's become a, a um, actual place that kind of connects a number of, um, of, of hard rock uh, artists and, you know, again, bands from around the spectrum to the, um, to, to the major label um, distribution infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, but it's still not yeah. So I don't know that, that that's uh, it's all by way of a lot of um, a lot of context. Um, but I think that so I want to well uh, yeah so no, no, go, ahead, go, ahead, thing. go ahead because I, w- I want to talk about the the sound of this music a little sure. bit like I, I mean and still not maybe not quite yet delve into to readings of specific songs but but like talk about the, no, that's, the that's what the last five minutes of the, <laughs> of the of the show are for right like yeah exactly we do like a new critical close reading of several songs lyrics um, actually I want to um, I want to talk about actually the the preposition for in going to hell because I think there's an interesting ambiguity in for and there's a little 
slippage between two senses of the word for. So you have that to look forward to <laughs> towards the end of the podcast. Um, but uh, uh, let's talk about the sound of this, right? Like, and it's a sort of it's a sort of chunky, chunky uh, riff guitar riff sound, right? That you might. Uh, I don't know, you might associate with, with 1970s hard rock or with like, uh, who sounds like Metallica sounds like this and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but a the, little bit of guns and roses. Sure. Or, yeah. Or absolutely. Destruction era. Um, but, um, but for me, like that is actually the less interesting part, uh, of this record, right? Like the, uh, the, cause it's not, as interesting, it's not as sonically adventurous, it's not as harmonically complex, it's not as technically good as Protest the Hero, right? No. And then, and then even, like, if you take actually what I think is an interesting point of comparison for this, take, like, Evanescence. Um, even, even in, like, the, uh, the first single was called Wake Me Up, right? And even in that one... Wake me up! Wake me up inside! I can't wake up! Um, the, uh... Pete Penzel and I love doing that at karaoke. (laughs) Specifically the dude... So sometimes we'll be at karaoke nights in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and someone will, um, you know, usually a woman will put put that song in, and we will, um, very graciously volunteer ourselves as the male backing vocals. Uh, And by, by volunteer, I mean impose. <laughs> Get up. Start a pit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and the so right, so like that and and it's interesting because there is like on um Sweet Things on this record, there is a like a song where uh there is a uh male backing vocal singing with singing with uh, singing with Taylor Momsen. So it's so it's sort of interesting. But like um What's the singer from? Amy Lee is the singer from Evanescence, right? And she's so much better a singer, right, than Taylor Momsen is. And the guitar players from uh, Protest the Hero are so much better guitar players than... uh, than the the guitar playing that's that's on going to hell like it's so much more adventurous it's so much more complex it's so much more yes. sort of rewarding that for me that whole aspect of the record ceases to be interesting and the sort of poppier moments the sort of the you know the other cheek of this butt rock right <laughs> like uh becomes the interesting part like actually in um, sweet things. There is a, like a synthesizer, uh, break in that, right? Where it, the, the guitar thing stops and there's this kind of w- w- lighter whistling sort of synthesizer sound. And when I like perked up when I heard that and I was like, Oh, what's this? This is, this is now suddenly interesting because it's not so, um, you know, formalistic. It's not so, uh, not so not trying so hard to convince you that it is a thing you know well, what I, mean? I, I think that i mean that said i, I think I, as, as a counterpoint well so first i to, to kind of agree with that the you know it, most interesting parts of the album are when they break from a formula i i actually one thing i actually have come to like to like in the broader structure of the album is um the short kind of interlude track dear sister which is uh-huh. like just a minute long it's kind of a, an acoustic interlude that goes into another hard song and it's 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 very unexpected uh in a lot of ways uh in the structure of the album and i i think it gives the back half of the album this big push because you know there are by that point in the album you've had a few kind of a 
few barn burners, including both of the um, the singles, and uh, they're all rocking pretty hard. I think you've had one um, one ballad, "House on a Hill," um, but then you have this thing that uh, like, okay, I get it. It's you know, it's loud, loud song ballad, loud song ballad. Um, but then it just kind of morphs. Uh, it's just almost a, a a palate cleanser, and so from a perspective of composition, I think it's actually really effective. It, it pulled me. It was one of the. You know, we talk a lot about because this is an album oriented podcast. Um, it would we talk a lot about like e- entry points into an album, um, and sometimes the entry point is the beginning. <laughs> um, but well, we have to talk not, about the beginning, right? right? Like, yeah, it's it's interesting. We tend to focus on on these albums, at least in our historical overview, that have been sort of path breaking moves, right? Yeah. That have been like real inflection points in in history and <laughs> and i think that it's interesting it's an interesting discovery it's something that i didn't uh expect that there would be these kind of either declarations or of independence or sort of declarations of something else declarations of artistic seriousness yeah, yeah, yeah. and of particular purpose right, in right. just the first two or three seconds of an album in just the first kind of couple sonic events uh in in a lot of um, in a lot of the records we've looked at from Hard Days, uh, from Hard Days Night on, uh, right. through, through, uh, where we stopped with Stevie, Ron- Stevie Wonder. Um, right. and, 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 and I think that this is, oh no, we stopped with Springsteen. Right? Oh, that we uh, stopped. Yeah, sure. That we stopped but with that Springsteen. But that still, still holds, right? Um, yes, sir. And, 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 and this interestingly is like, there are a few, what's interesting is that there are a few of these moments, these sonic moments, um, on this album. I mean, many more than one would expect. And I think that that's, you know, in some ways we, I think expected this to be an album. Part of why we, we chose it for April Fool's Day is we expected it to be an album that would be devoid of such moments. Um, and you know, that said, we're not here tell, telling you that it, that it starts with such a moment and is packed with them. Um, and, uh, but, but I think that for me, this moment, moment in the middle uh, actually is where is almost the beginning uh in a lot of ways um and and it's at least one moment for me that's like that um and again we'll uh, just raise another thing that we'll put a pin in and, and return to in fact the way the album um really starts is in fact not a of a major a grand statement of artistic intent but is with like really like really ridiculous sirens and sex noises um very bad very bad fake sex noises um and so that that always you know even though i listened to it in a closed office you know i was listening to it on speakers in an office it always made me cringe just a little bit which i guess is I guess is what she's trying to do like hey this isn't for listening in your office this is for you know listening in your rebellion space wherever that may be. <laughs> um uh, uh and 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 but anyhow value of the of the hard guitars is that it's really worth you know i think i had a similar reaction to you what the first time i listened to this of you know this is not as this is pretty you know uh uh you know paint by numbers gloriously dumb riff rock right to quote the what you know what um mark and you were discussing when you discussed um almost famous and and kind of early 70s um hard rock um 
you know, it felt pretty colored by numbers. But then I went back and listened to the Pretty Reckless's um, first record, Light Me Up, and it made this. I mean, so you know, if you're looking at them cross, um, <laughs> yeah, sure. it's it's they seem very rudimentary and they do not rock particularly hard. But if you look at it um, in the time series, um, th- this is uh, a major leap forward. In part because there's a pretty big. I mean, basically the whole um, rhythm section turned over, uh, and so the the uh the the band that was intact is basically the core songwriting duo of Taylor Momsen um and Ben Phillips um and and uh, and everyone else turned over and um the first record um light me up is a lot less focused uh sonically it's a lot less you know there are guitars they are meant to be hard but the way that they are produced is very it's very watered down it's very compressed um you know the guitars feel very um very very processed in a very bad way um and there's and it's, there's a lot more it's a lot more living in the the 90s in in you know just in the um kind of whether it's in an evanescence moment or a various parts of a kind of new metal post grunge moment, uh, or even in like late grunge, uh, in, in kind of garbage type, um, you know, Shirley Manson, uh, yeah, gar- garbage is, is right. 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 Yeah. Um, but, 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 but in a pretty weak version of all of this, and there's some good moments, I think in some ways, like, Garbage, actually, their first record, another record that has in its first couple moments a yeah in that it, like a, a sort of declaration of what they're about when all the sound drops out and it's like oh this isn't rock and roll this is electronically manipulated yeah. this is somewhere in the nexus of oh, uh, guitar rock and uh, you you know the riff I mean right where it goes da na 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 na. Yeah. And just kind of like cuts in the middle, like man, uh, I can't wait to get to the nineties. Yeah, um, man, the nineties were awesome. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, it's funny. Like, by the time, like, it, it'll be. There's an interesting question. If if you are playing along at home, make a prediction of when our. So if, if assume that we are going to do about nine weeks of. Assuming we don't just melt down and and like go on hiatus for another for nine months and don't speak to each other. Assuming continual production uh, indefinitely for uh, and 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 assuming um, quarters dividing the year into quarters where we do um, about. Um, what do you think? One on one off, or you know, what's that? I, one, yeah. one on one off in terms of contemporary slash. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, exactly. So do do basically three months of of. Cont- Contemporary three months of historical, and assuming that we are going, um, uh, uh, and, and and assuming that we are moving linearly through time when we're doing the historical, but not necessarily at the same pace. As you've seen, we 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 didn't spend much time in the '60s, but then are still in the mid '70s. Uh, I would love guesses for when the historical trend will catch up to to <laughs> the present day, and how many. Right? It's like a it's like a kind of an algebra problem of uh, when will when will when will we catch up with ourselves, or will we ever catch up with ourselves, uh, or what pace would we need to go at? Um, in the uh, you know, there's a lot of different Different ways that you can. We are like a, like an Ouroboros, where we are chasing our own tail and are trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We are trying to to human in like Ryan and I in like a sixty nine human centipede kind of thing are trying to reach one another's uh, juicy taints. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, in a way, that's the the why why one podcast is that you're trying to reach something, right? You're trying <laughs> to you're trying to reach humanity, meaning, um, and uh, and uh, uh, expression, um, and and so you have to go round and round. Um, and I think that that is what's really interesting about this this record, right? That I mean, you know, I think that one wants to view it as so. There's a lot of things that I came into this album. Um, uh, with with really kind of unfair preconceptions, I kind of assumed. I actually kind of assumed that there was more of a um, a, a team and a kind of Max Martin figure. Um, you know that this was a pop, um, a, a, a rock record in name only, and that there was a team, um, a you know a big pop songwriting team behind the hood of this. Sure. Um, and that, as far as I can tell, is not correct. And that you know Taylor Momsen has a songwriting credit um on all of these and uh you know is is, is co-songwrites is the co-writer with um and actually listening to the lyrics i believe that right right, right. And, and and we'll turn to that really really soon you know i assumed that it was on a um a major label um and i think what's interesting is that uh the first record was actually was on interscope so it was really on um a major label uh and now they're on this more you know in between um uh, label uh, or and, you know, on a on the major label of choice for you know metal and punk and hardcore acts kind of who are reaching a broader audience um, and you know I I assumed that from what I had heard of the first record that it would be just really not particularly interesting uh, sonically. Um, and, and I guess, so I was actually just presently surprised enough by the riff rock that, you know, even though those parts aren't the parts that are the most interesting, those parts are the parts that, you know, m- like do catch and keep your interest that you know make this a music that you want to play for certain things. like there are some parts that really rock you know that, that really um are 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 fun catchy riffs and you know that there's you know a nice four on the floor stomp that um that you know makes uh, i mean I, I, so a lot of the music makes me um, makes me bop. I you know I just I, I I bop instinctively you know uh, in the right context. I, I you know I would love to see how people dance to this music uh, when it's live. But I I bop I bop to um, the uh, I bop. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I bop. Yeah, exactly. And so and 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 um, no 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 yeah. This is I mean look the joke was on us right right like. Um, <laughs> You know that that we thought right we thought we were playing a joke on on everyone else, but in fact uh, Taylor Momsen played a joke on us, which is that like I ended up I think in the place where you ended up where like in my last couple listenings to this like it it took me a couple times to get to get into it and I and I found a little I I thought it was a little insipid a little off putting in its in its ridiculousness but like the last couple times I'm kind of into it like I've I've been enjoying listening. Listening to it, um, and I like it because it's a hoot, sort of, you know, ra- rather than for its serious artistic purpose. Um, you know, it- it's a hoot, right? It's f- it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that there is an interesting purpose here. There's an interesting question that's being posed. I yeah, mean, let's meta, and meta, let's talk about it. Absolutely. Well, I think the meta question is: Can Taylor Momsen? 
you know, the the child star and um, you know, the the child star who's been, you know, working since, you know, really you know, she's been working more. I mean, she even says this, right? There's a great quote on her Wikipedia page that says, my parents signed me up with Ford modeling at the age of two. No two-year-old wants to be working, but I had no choice. My whole life, I was in and out of school. I didn't have friends. I was working constantly, and I didn't have a real life. Um, and she began uh, acting professionally uh, with a Shake and Bake commercial uh, at the age of three. Um, and later on, she says... Um, you know, talking again. This is a kind of quote, one of the quotes that I was uh, referencing, or something that was around the time when she was leaving Gossip Girl. Um, she says, "Acting is easy. I've been doing it for so long, and I totally love it. But you're playing a character instead of yourself. Music is more personal because you're writing it and you're involved in every step of it. Um, and so, I think that the question that's being posed here, one of the, the big meta questions, is that you know, does you know? Does Taylor get to, does Taylor Momsen qua Taylor Momsen get to express herself, um, and does does she get to have a say? Does she get to have um, agency? And these are questions that have you know are run throughout the whole stretch of TFT, um, both the um, teen soap opera right. phase and the music phase. And I think that she's an interesting special case because you know I think that you have to be examining the realness, the authenticity here from the perspective of someone who has been working their entire life, who is 20 and who, um, you know, will have, uh, who, you know, at, at the age of 20, you know, f- for me to have as many years as a professional, I will have as many years of, of a, as a professional, as a working professional, a non-student professional, um, like, I will, like, hit that many professional years, um, like, when I am likely 45 in my or 50s, something oh, in yeah. my 50s really if you know i mean if in the if you want to be uncharitable and not count graduate school as um as, as being professional um i will be in my i'll be well into middle age by the time um i have clocked as many um years working uh, as taylor has um at the at, at the age of 20 okay and so the, that, the, yeah Go ahead. This is a this is an interesting thing, and this is something that that we were talking about in our sort of impromptu email exchange to prepare for this, uh, to prepare for this yesterday, right? Like, yeah, what started just as a I think for me reaching out to cope with the fact that I was starting to like this record, <laughs> like, and, and, and happily finding that you you were undergoing the same process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Um, it was our support group. It was our Taylor Momsen support group. <laughs> Uh, so right, like the the um, the interesting thing, right, is that this is actually well. One of the things that you suggested was that we talked about um, we talked about the the aspect of rebellion uh, on this, and and that quote from Taylor Momsen in particular, because uncharitably, from a teenager, from a normal teenager, it could be read as like, I don't want to work in the collaborative art form. I want to work in the art, art form where I can get my way. Um, uh, where I can get my way all the time, where I can sort of make all the decisions, and I'm I'm closer to the nexus of decision making rather right, where than it's, where it's more all about me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Where it's not where, exactly where it's not. I'm not a, a cog in the machine. And um, you know, and you you pointed out that uh, that sh- her. 
professional history is something like the probably like mostly apocryphal but still interesting as a thought experiment um, scenario that I've proposed uh, of the like pre-teenage, pre-cultural uh, you know, invention of adolescence um, era where uh, teenagers were could be incorporated into a sort of multi-generational uh, work group of some kind or some sort of social, you know, some sort of social group that was centered around, you know, I don't know, tasks like yeah, sewing clothes or right. Um, and and I thought about about that, like as a, being a child star, as as being a, as a kind of apprenticeship, right, as a kind of. Um, uh, as a kind of membership in in a in a multi generational work group and and the thing I came to is that it 's you know that actually really does exist in entertainment especially in in theater right go to right. any professional uh you know summer theater or stuff like that, and you will find dozens of high school kids who carry shit around and they build the sets and they show up and take out the trash and they sweep and they this and they that and they um you know, uh, uh, and they do it for no pay, right? And uh, and then they like hold this hold a spear and maybe say like one or two ad libbed lines as part of a group in the um in the show, right? And then they you know, and then they work up and they go, and that that really that really happens. But it's different, I think, when you're a a child star. It's sort of not an apprenticeship because you are. Uh, you, the whole thing rests on you, and the idea of the idea of incorporating adolescents into a, a multi generational group is that it can kind of dissipate uh, a lot of the pressure that that builds up when you focus on them intensely, uh, and that focus can happen especially when you you segregate them into age specific cohorts, as in in uh, high school. Um, but it also can happen when you are like uh, when they have to perform a certain task in a sort of high pressure environment uh something something like that and so i i sort of wondered i mean i wondered about the authenticity of of taylor momsen's rebellion like is she yeah just to think of of other you know provocative women right like that we've talked about uh we talked about lady gaga and art pop we talked about miley cyrus we talked about mia i think you can reach back talk about to, betty davis yeah um, madonna i think is another one that we we haven't talked about yet, but but we're getting to it. Um, in ter- in her sort of transgressive phase, uh, you know, the phase that produced like like a prayer and the sex book, right? Um, you know, and and the and the the uncharitable assumption would be that well, Madonna comes by it honestly from her you know Italian Catholic upbringing and her sort of grinding it out in in the music business and and MIA uh, in a lot of like ethnically based ways. But but you know, I, I guess it would have been sort of I, I guess my early assumption uh, was sort of uncharitable that Taylor Momsen doesn't come by it honestly. I just think that you have to understand understand her rebellion metaphorically right she's she's sort of not it's not it's not patriarchy as a normal teenager experiences patriarchy right like right. it's not arbitrary authority of adults the way a normal teacher, teenager experiences the arbitrary authority of adults it's um it's the corporate entertainment business, right. Yes. That she's been yeah. grappling with for 20 years. And yeah. that like, you know, and that like all this stuff about, 
um, all, all all this sort of rebellious stuff, all these these tropes of of uh, sort of hard rock rebellion. Um, are sort of metaphors for a person who's sort of lived in a corporate system uh, and, and doesn't necessarily have a, the most um, nuanced vocabulary to talk about it with or, or a background to do that, but um, has a, a, can talk about sort of the, ex- the experience, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, in some ways, the, the more obvious direction to go would be would be punk music right and that, so it's interesting because that's a you know in terms of a a, a genre that has a established vocabulary of rebellion that you know where age and kind of positions on on you know corporate control intersect that seems more more obvious but that you know a lot of the vo- vocabulary um and the imagery especially on uh on this album is is religious right that in some ways i actually see what's being equated is you know, religious hierarchy and authority uh, and moral uh, hierarchy and kind of corporate and, you know, entertainment control, right? That, 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 though, that, and I guess that's not, and again, I think that it's important to view this with respect to, you know, her specific background um, of, you know, it, it's is really the, um, you know, the, the, the grand, you know, Episcopal Church of Sony Entertainment, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and that, and, 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 you know, if she's going to hell, she's going to like, you know, she's going to actress hell, right? Right? Um, or, you yeah, know, because exactly, like uh, career, she's going to career hell, right? Yeah, she's going to career hell. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Right, and and I think that that's actually really that's really interesting, right? That that um, that that there's actually an awareness of um, you know this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I could be you know um, I mean it, it'll be interesting to see in the long run where she lands vis-a-vis Leighton Meester and um, and and uh, Blake Lively, right? The other, um, you know, main female leads on Gossip Girl. Um, but, you know, she kind of, rather than, you know, letting, you know, riding out Gossip Girl and then scrambling for TV or movie gigs uh, after that, um, really actually did take this kind of interestingly indie turn. And I mean, it's still like indie for someone who has the resources that one um, accumulates uh, by being on a, a, you know, a TV show for a while. Um, but that there's still um, is this attempt to um, kind of to, to strike out uh, on, on her own. Um, and I think, I don't know, I, in terms of, for me, I, one of the songs that, crystallizes this um a bit is and i think that you mentioned this earlier on uh is the title track is going to hell yeah let's um, let's let's dive into that song yeah so i mean i think that so what where you know what were the lines or the pieces of this that were interesting to you what what uh where where do you think the action is um in in this song well let's talk i mean let's talk about this catalog of Right. This is an inventory <laughs> to use the typology of, of catalogs that that we established in the last episode or the one before. Um, 
for the for the lines that I take, I'm going to hell. For the love that I make, I'm going to hell. Uh, for the life that I take, I'm going to hell. For the laws that I break, I'm going to hell. And that's, I mean, that's interesting from the point of view of, like, from the career laws that I break, right? I'm going to hell. For, like, crossing the producers of Gossip Girl or something, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to hell. Um, and for, for the, the vows that I break. Like, are there, are there contracts that were, contractual obligations that were not fulfilled? <laughs> right. Um, there's also, like, uh, for the man that I hate, I'm going to hell. Um, so there's an interesting, yeah, and then, and then later on, for the love that I hate, uh, I'm going to hell. Now, there's a double sense of for operating here, right? For means both uh, on account of or because of, that is to say, because of the, the love that I make, I'm going to hell. Because of the vows that I break, I'm going to hell. Right. It also means in place of or substituted for, mm-hmm. right? Um, so for the man that I hate could mean in place of or in the stead of the man that I hate, I'm going to hell. That is to say, I'm taking the rap, you right. know, and right. and. And what it does, what it does is it sort of conflates, uh, uh, the idea of just punishment, religious punishment, religious judgment, um, for, uh, a moral transgression and, uh, a kind of bad rap, right? A sort of unfair scapegoating or a kind of unfair displacement of blame. Um, off of the man that she hates and onto the the kind of the persona that's narrating this that this this song is so there's there is something there's something um there's something here where just so, so Jenny Humphrey died for your sins. Right? <laughs> well, right. I mean, and it, I'm not saying it's not grandiose, right? I'm not saying it's not kind of full of hot air, but I am. I am saying it's an interesting. It is an interesting claim to make uh, about a double standard, right? Or about um, certain inconsistencies. Uh, in in gender politics or in you know uh, 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 structural uh, inequality. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's very interesting, um, and I think that I, I think that and then as it goes on, um, it is interesting because the, the, and so some of the things I I also like um, I, I like some of the this, the chorus also has. Um, it like it, it inventories and then goes into a it breaks the pattern right um, and, and so it's uh, so you, most of the things are for for this simple thing I'm going to hell for this simple thing I'm going to hell but then um, in the other verses so in the I think second verse um, uh, you know uh, she says um, for the ways that I hurt while I'm hiking up my skirt, mm-hmm. I am sitting on a throne while they're buried in the dirt. Um, for the man that I hate, I'm going to hell. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that, like, I, I, like I'm trying to parse that. And then later on, she says, it, like, in the same kind of... Um, in the same uh, place in the, um, the the last chorus, she says, For the way I condescend, never lend a hand. My arrogance is making his head buried in the sand. Um, and I think that these are, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of what to make of that. It's an interesting breaking of the pattern, right? Because it's going, you know, for this, I'm going to hell. For this, I'm going to hell. And then there's this, like, longer, more impact um, thing that is seems like the 
actual thing that she's going like so that the, again that yeah, sure sure that it's not that it's actually like you you get like there's something behind the pose or the 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 like yeah, the yeah. facade cracks a little bit and you can kind of see what's going on uh you can kind of see some actual vulnerability uh, yeah exactly for like you know like hey i'm like which, which for what i understand is like i'm an asshole like for like you know for her, you yeah know, it's, it's like it, it's like yeah no it's all it's this bad rap it's unfair right the man is judging me and shit i i actually am kind of a jerk a lot and of i the haven't times. called my grandmother yeah. you know or months or years you know <laughs> sure yeah, I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's, that's what I'm going to hell for. Like, that's really interesting, right? Like, the the uh, when I connected also to an idea of confession, right? And the word confession shows up. Um, uh, the word confession shows up very, very uh, early in the song, and and I think that there there could be a, like some interesting work done on the the um, the uh, uh, connection between uh, confession and profession. Um, and uh, a professional and and a confessional <laughs> or a, prof- huh. a professional in a confessional. But like, let's talk about the idea of, of confessing and sort of ad- uh, admitting, right? Something that you've uh, uh, something that you've done wrong. This um, this uh, record and like this genre a lot makes um actually is kind of very ostentatious about being confessional, about kind of uh, highlighting and drawing attention to all of the ways in which I don't follow the established moral structure, right? Like, I have, you know, I have dirty sex with the sirens in the background, right? Like, there's a... I bring bring a gun to the party. (laughs) (laughs) Can't talk to a man with a shotgun in his hand, you know? No. Definitely not. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, that song, the Shotgun, kind of reminds me a little bit. Like, why why did you have to bring a shotgun to the party? Reminds me of Smackwater Jack from uh, from Tapestry. Uh, well, we'll circle back to it. Except if 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 like Smackwater Jack were overlaid with gratuitous machine gun sounds in the last chorus, <laughs> which actually is like, I feel like that's just like that has to be just someone at a certain point, like. I have to read that as I don't know, as as a product of like goofing around of like 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 hey we can put a, a gun sound on like oh that's hilarious and then until the end you till you get to the end you are just like hitting like the um, the soundboard and just like rattling off the, the like you know if I had let's put it this way um, <laughs> if we had a soundboard right now all you would be hearing our machine with a machine gun sound all you would be hearing. For this part of the podcast would be machine gun sounds. <laughs> so I like I really kind of at the again the first time I heard that I'm like I'm, this is totally stupid. But then later on it's like kind of just um, it, 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 there's something really gleeful about it. It's like yeah we're gonna just rattle off machine gun uh, sounds in a song about a shotgun. Right, exactly. Because <laughs> I'm a rebel. <laughs> I don't care. Automatic weapons, you know. <laughs> I can't tell the difference. For the for the for the classification errors I make, I'm going to hell. <laughs> so the um uh, so the idea, the idea of confession and like you know something, something gleeful in in pointing out all the all the dirty sex you're having or all the ways you're you're sticking it to the man, the the idea that there are sort of consequences uh, to that that you don't accept 
sort of gleefully is is an interesting is an interesting kind of twist to this to this song right like because because going to hell doesn't sound pleasant right it doesn't sound like yeah baby we're going to hell and it's going to be it's going to be awesome there you know right like right, hell's, right. hell's going to be a great party right and that's another i mean you hear that that trope sometimes right like it's it's it, it's fun and all the boring people uh are are with the angels in uh in heaven you know but it is interesting i mean this is like a so I agree that 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 going to hell is, is is it's a dark thing, but like so then that actually just raises a question about an, a huge piece of iconography uh, in this album, um, in the music video, which is the the cross arrow, the body the body paint cross arrow, um, and because that is presumably. Um, I mean, it, you know, it, it's most probably like uh, pointing towards Taylor's nether regions, but then it's also pointing presumably towards hell. Um, and so, uh, you know, what does that, you know, what do, is there, is this, so again, when I first saw the, um, the music video and I first saw the, uh, the, the album cover, it just felt like it was being provocative. Um, you know, both the combination of the cross and the downward facing arrow, um, felt, felt just provocative without a lot of, of content. Um, but you know, in this reading of, of what it means to be going to hell, um, in this song and, you know, in some of the, in the, the sum total of the album, is there something there? Like, how does, how does this kind of the body paint cross arrow, um, mesh with this, this vision of what it is to go to hell? I mean, are they saying that, that, you know, <laughs> hell is, hell is other people's Taylor Momsen's genitals? I mean, uh, hmm. Well, okay. Wait. Uh, no, no, no. But let's, let's like. I think that uh, let, let's think about this. Like, um, like. So hell. So I have it. Like, like hell is Gossip Girl. Right. Sure. <laughs> like hell. Hell is OMG. Um. Hell is OMFG. Uh. Right. That that like hell is the thing. Is is the um. Is the is 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 teenage sexy town, um, and and I, I'm actually really serious about this, right? That, that I feel like that that's the way to understand that. I mean, in addition to being provocative, it's it, it's interestingly like she's having her naked cake and eating it too, um, because uh-huh. like she's saying, like she's not saying that there is something like wrong with this right so she's not going to hell for being naked or for like as she says in the lyrics for hiking up her skirt because it's morally wrong but like in fact that's not what's sending her to hell is that that is what's hell that that's not and it goes back to this initial reading is that you know this stuff that is the this the stuff that is the stuff of teenage um of of that is usually viewed as freedom for a teenager for her is work Right and right then- yeah yeah and and like let's just let's just remember right the scene where she befriends the the bohemian photographer mm-hmm. and ends up doing this thing where she takes off her shirt and dances around in a bra yeah. right when she was no, six- that is the that is the scene that um that 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 you know uh, launched the the, the, the co- co- inspired us t- to uh, coin the phrase um you know the tales of the teenager is to go wild right. 
and that that right and and then Nate Nate comes in and looks sort of disapproving looks disapproving at her right and like and there is a great there is a great sort of double standard right like this is for the man that this is like for the man that she hates you know right. that right. is to say like in in other words for you the male audience of this show whom I despise right for your leering uh, at these, you know, these images of my 16 year old half naked body on Gossip Girl, right? I am for you on your behalf and because of you. I am I, going to hell. I am embodying this, I am embodying this sort of promiscuous sexuality, uh, you know, which you may think of as liberating, but is for me a job. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I think that that's. I think that's exactly right. Um, I think there is a, the other interesting thing about this, uh, about the um, the the icon, about the the cross arrow, um, is that it has elements of the male and female symbol um, as well. Like it's not quite the. Um, it's not. Uh, it's a, it's it's in some ways a stripped down version of the um the prince symbol actually right even though it's easiest to read it as like as just you know as a as a christian image i think that there is a gendered image too cuz just the the proportions and the, the 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 design reminds me of the the cross and arrow in the male and female symbols um respectively and so i think that there's an interesting um you know, there's something interesting in the the gender politics um, of that as well. Um, yeah. What else? That, I, so sure. uh, go ahead. I was going to segue to to open it up to other songs. Let's or do that. Songs. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do that. What's uh, where do you want to go? What's I was going to I, I was going to ask because I didn't have a um, direct. I mean, um, do you want to talk about Heaven Knows? Because that's the single, and so it's it's been kind of in the air a little bit. Sure, and yeah, that's the other the other major single. So right, um, which is like. We will rock you. I love rock and roll. Um, you know, I don't know. Like you say in the music video, there's an element of um, baby one more time, right? Baby, it starts baby. with a school bell ringing and Taylor Momsen walking down a, uh, a, a row of lockers, uh, as happens in Baby One More Time. And then there are it's it's decidedly um, it's decidedly darker, but there are you know people sitting at. Uh, sitting at desks and but it's not the Britney Spears sort of like school is such a drag it's it's like school is a is it's a, a sort prison. of yeah is a prison and is is more than a prison is a kind of soul sucking is a kind of demonic uh torture you know um yeah 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 and right and that that which is interesting i mean an interesting claim um i you know i don't think she directed the video or or uh sort of but i think she's probably involved because you know it seems like she is uh, a creative force a major creative force behind this band's work um but it's an interesting it's an interesting image for someone who's never gone to school in her life right like you know you'd think like showing up on set you know signing in at the call sheet right like going to your trailer that that's the you know that that's the the uh demonic hell you know d- another winnebago right or another right, uh, right right star wagons um you know trailer uh but but yeah it's this it's this sort of extraordinarily uh jaundiced uh you know almost almost uh, hellish uh or uh, rather blatantly hellish um view uh view of school but like let in the video so let's let's talk about the lyrics though um yeah. i'm not sure 
I'm not sure what they mean or if they mean anything. You know, uh, Jimmy's in the back with a pocket of high. And I don't know what that is. If you listen to Oh, close, I mean, it's, it's, it's like drugs, right? Yeah, it is. It is drugs. But like, it's, that's a very strange, uh, that's a very strange metonymy, right? Like, yeah, uh, but like, let's, let's put it this way. She's fucking metonymying. Like, <laughs> she's metonymying all up in your grill. Like, um, like, I guess the question is, is she, yeah, I think the question is, is she metonymying just to show you that she can, that she knows what metonymy is? Uh, or is there something, uh, no, I mean, uh, I think it's, I think it's to make the rhyme, right? I think, right, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So if you yeah. listen close, you can hear him cry. Well, heaven knows, uh, we belong right down, we belong right down the road. Uh, Judy, in the front seat picking up trash living on the dole interesting interesting way to put that for and that's a, interesting because the shitty lyrics uh, site that i'm um uh looking at it says living on the dough which doesn't make any sense no, it's i think living on the dole makes more sense yeah and that's that's what i uh, and a to z lyrics which is the one i'm linking in the show notes has uh has that and that's what i heard Myself when I listen when I listen to it, so I'm I'm inclined to believe this. Yeah, uh, gotta make gotta make that cash. That, well, that's just nonsensical, right? Like living on living on the dole means sort of accepting welfare from the government. Gotta make that cash is, is like that's you know a hustler you know hustling for for dollar dollar bills. Um, won't be pretty unless well okay. Them. All right. So the interesting thing is that maybe my shitty lyric site is right, and she's living so. Another possibility is that this that Judy is a is a sex worker, uh-huh. um, and so by being in the front um, seat picking up um, trash, like she is um, is hooking. She's hooking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the, and so in that way, I think living on the dough makes more sense than living on the dole. Um, I mean, either could re- be read there, um, but that's. I think that these are. I think that it seems like this is, um, like, this is trying to paint a picture of a, a gritty underbelly, right? You sort of, yeah, and saying that, saying, like, claiming some sort of solidarity uh, or, or claiming, like, membership in, in a gritty underbelly right. uh, rather than in the, the sort of official, like, public culture. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah, but go on. And then... Well, so then, okay. She, like, then, paints these two. So she introduces these two people, um, and there's not like a lot, right? It's uh, no, there's not a ton of lyrical content, just because of the the hook is supposed to be catchy enough that it it carries the whole, um, it carries it carries the whole song. Um, but the the bridge is I've had better days, I've seen better ways, um, and then back into the back into the verse, uh, you know, one, two, three, four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre are at the door. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, the devil's knocking <laughs> at your door. Um, caught in the eye of a dead man's lie, which is just kind of genre stuff. Start your life with your head held high. Now you're on your knees with your head hung low. Big man tells you where to go. Uh, tell him it's good. Tell him it's okay. Don't do a goddamn, tell, don't do a goddamn thing they say, which, which is about sort of resistance, right? Which is about sort of uh, civil disobedience or something like that. Right. right. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, does it, does it, uh, and then it's all repetition from, from that point out, like, 
does it add up? Uh, you know, I don't know what what exactly is. It's not clearly outlined what it's it's rebelling against. Um, you know, may, maybe schools that suck. You know, taken together with the video. Uh, but but it definitely. I mean, it's more it's more evocative, I think, than it is. Uh, it's more evocative than I think it is like uh, sig- significant. Well, well, I think but it is important to, I think where there is, um, you know, resonance, where, where, where it resonates with like the, what we were talking about um, in going to hell is, all right. So it, it kind of, as a, as a companion piece, right? So if we're going to hell, then, I mean, I think the key couplet is where the, a lot of the action here is that heaven knows that we belong down below. But, like, you know, I think what I read that as is heaven knows that, but it's not true. Like, um, and, and I think it's easy to read this as, like, just, like, um, we are totally down and out. Um, but I think that, and again, maybe this is reading the, but I think that part of the implication is um, is that, you know, it's sort of like a a little bit like Drake's. You know, we started from the bottom, but now we're here, right? Um, but it's it's a little different, right? Because we started from the bottom, now we're here. Is about um, is about trajectory. Is about is about um, you know tracing a a rise into kind of relevance or presence. Whereas this is, you know, we. You know, we shouldn't be here, whether this is we as – and I think that what's possibly problematic or tough is that she's kind of putting on the, um, you know, a a, uh, a gritty, underprivileged face, right? right? That we talk about socioeconomic faces. Uh, and we talked – when we talked about girls, we talked about um, Lena Dunham and, you know, the – characters kind of putting on petty bourgeois face of moving down one or two rungs on the socioeconomic um, ladder. I think that you see that happening here, right? That, you know, well, me being a child actor who doesn't want to act uh, anymore is a lot like a drug addict and, and a sex, a commercial sex worker. Yeah, being, right, being sort of swept under the rug by the society. God, yeah, yeah you know, that, you know, heaven, heaven knows. The, the, the man just wants us to all, we're, we, you know, we are the, you know, 99% of the child actor, 1% of child actors uh, have all of, have 99% of the roles um and yeah it's it's hard right i feel like this one is it it actually it it makes a lot of the other it's it's of a piece with some of the broader project of what this album's trying to do but it in some ways is one of the the things that also makes it feel makes it ring a little false, right? It's one of the moments where you see it not quite locking in to where it could be, right? And, and in part because it, it seems, this is one that is kind of playing with kind of tropes m- more than is useful. And even like bringing, the, bringing a shotgun to the party um, has this as well. well. Sometimes she harnesses tropes of religion and 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 darkness and 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 law breaking that are in hard rock, 
for ways that are really effective and kind of are interesting that, that resonate in interesting ways with her lived experience um, as a as a child child star as a child actor um, and then there are other times where it really is there's a lot of dissonance um, and I think that like will be interesting to kind of watch the pretty reckless is if as she develops as a as a songwriter and the band develops as a unit these moments of dissonance become less right and she kind of finds continual ways to to draw on you know either this specific library of norms or adjacent libraries of norms in ways that kind of nicely twist you know her own experience and and, and twist twist these tropes into her own experience in ways that then kind of are interesting right and so you know playing these kind of i mean obviously you know, the step one is understanding the, the the these rhetorical figures is is knowing the metonymy is out there. Yep. Um and 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 then step two is is mastering it. Right. And so I think it's interesting, right? The tortured metonymy in the first line of this song yeah. um is a really interesting Standard, or it's analogous to the tortured metonymy that's happening at the broader level of of uh, of of genre tropes. Um and and uh that is uneven throughout the album. Sure. So um, I don't know. I think that's interesting. That's an interesting. But, but that's an interesting. I think I'm in the same place you are, and and it's a much more hopeful note about Taylor Momsen and about her, you know, nascent or sort of journeyman songwriting career uh, than I had expected that we would end on when I oh, imagined absolutely. what this podcast would be like. No, no. I mean, I think that there's. I think that there's a lot here, and I mean, it takes work to really um, to to dig uh, to dig into it. But I think it's actually worth it, right? That you know, um, you know, ignore the album cover, ignore even your initial reaction of things that sound ridiculous. You know, again, I was listening uh, to this with uh, occasional, uh, you know, with my uh, with my partner and occasional TFT uh, contributor Cognac, uh, and I was listening to it on the stereo, and, and and you know, her reaction was something to the effect of, "Are you fucking serious?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, she's asking, "Is this for real?" Yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and so and 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 rather than jumping to a conclusion. Um, just let it keep uh, washing over you. Let the waves of um, uh, uh, go down. I mean, you. go down to the river. You go know down what I mean? to the river. You got to drink knees. while you got to drink. Get on your knees. Drink while the water's clean. You know? No, and it's it's it's. It's a fun record. It's a fun record. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on it. Um, it makes me excited about uh, Taylor Momsen's musical career. Um, and I think that also, I mean, it's a number of things that this is doing for us. Also, it's making me excited um, about, uh, you know, it, it is, it's an interesting note. Like, um, uh, you know, last week's album, um, you know, this is this is the the pretty reckless are the best ever death metal band out of uh, Constance, Constance Billard High School, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and and this is like actually an essential you know TFT album taking TFT as this whole uh, body of work that's not just the um, the indie pop music uh, but also the teen soap operas and so I really even if you think I mean especially if you think you're too good for the pretty reckless you must listen to the pretty reckless um, and and you know check it out give it a spin um, and cause I think that it's making me it's another thing that is making me excited to go back to the 70s um, and and talk about other 
hard rock albums um, and other bands, uh, you know, and and also to the '90s. Um, you know, in addition to um, in addition to garbage, uh, which now this you know this uh, band has put on our kind of historical uh, agenda. Yeah, I th- uh, and also put the Runaways on my agenda oh, to yeah. talk about um, the Pretenders, sure. um, uh, White Snake. Yeah. Uh, when you when you get to the eighties, guns, yeah, Guns and Roses. Yeah, certain yeah, yeah. certain moments of Depeche Mode for the sure. kind of you know for the kind of depressive for the kind of depressive mode that permeates yeah, yeah. this this genre of music. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, um, and it's making me excited about moving forward. So, you know, from next week onward, you know, these last two weeks, uh, episodes 100 and 101 have been these um, outliers, you know, yeah, kind of these outliers. Well, it's a it's a, it's a pivot, right? It's, a, it's kind of a pivot point um, where it's, you know, they luckily fell right about after we had been doing, um, you know, about three months of this current um, iteration, maybe two and a half of the historical iteration, which is about as long as we've been doing the um, contemporary indie pop. And again, we were kind of like a pattern and structured has just sort of um, arisen endogenously through uh, the practice of doing this. Um, And it feels, you know, we, part of why we pivoted historically is that there weren't a lot of good records, um, coming out in january the pipeline was uh was was slow with new uh new interesting music and then there happened to be um a britney spears anniversary and a beatles anniversary and then all of a sudden once we talked about the beatles we wanted to talk about pet sounds yeah. and, and one thing led to another um but now that you know it's um it's april um there's been a bunch of um, of new releases and there's a bunch of upcoming releases um that are really interesting and actually now um, both resonate what we were talking about in the fall with all of the contemporary indie pop, and now we actually have um, a few other tools in our tool belt from the um, historical uh, uh, treatment. And so uh, we'll be going forward in coming weeks with a few um, re- new and recent releases, and we'll do that uh, basically probably up till the summer. Um, I would say through April, May, and maybe uh, all or part of uh, June, and then we'll pivot back historically and, and rejoin the the 70s. And I, so I think that um, the 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 pretty reckless is is actually really is a, an important kind of pivot point right alongside um, the Mountain Goats record. Sure. Uh, so you know, go on and uh, you know, go go to wherever you uh, listen to music. Give this record a listen. Um, give it a few listens. Uh, click on some of the um, you know the secondary sources, uh, and then uh, join in uh, the discussion on uh, you know tweet us um, at TFT Podcast. Leave a comment on the show notes uh and there there's a uh a lot to to talk about uh again uh for a what started out as a uh joke uh episode this was probably one of our longer <laughs> we've yeah, absolutely. like an hour and 15 yep. uh, hour 20 or so um and so there's and and we could even um we we only did a fraction of the close readings that we could do so uh give this uh uh, record not just one spin give it a few spins um and yeah, then you got it um, you got to listen repeat shout at us um and uh you know it has been real and it will continue to be real thanks for listening